doing your bit for the environment, especially on a small island, is not as straightforward as it might seem. Many of us, for example, separate our waste and put some of it out for recycling. Because Jersey is just 9 by 5 we don't create enough volume to make recycling many materials ourselves economically viable, although we do a good job with green waste and aggregates. So is the cost of, say, sending our plastic and cardboard to France or the UK better than burning it here? And does the benefit of exporting metals outweigh the environmental cost of sending diesel burning dust carts to collect it? And if it is better, should the authorities wield more stick to get us to recycle more? Tackling these questions in this bailiwick podcast is Piers Tharm, who has responsibility for recycling within our government. Piers, do you feel as though we do live in too much of a throwaway society? Yeah, I think uh, where we are at the moment, um, people see uh, or, or, or are trying to understand how to live a more sustainable, environmentally friendly lifestyle. But in some ways, with uh, having a very consumer society, there's that push to to buy, buy new, and it's just how you you sort of balance that out really, and buy in a way that isn't as doesn't have the environmental impact that we certainly have had in the past. And when I think about how you know items are packaged, uh, the the constant one we get asked about is. Uh, I've got a cucumber, why do we wrap it in, in polythene to sell it when it's got its own protective skin? That There is actually an argument that in that respect, um, the, the item lasts longer when it's wrapped, therefore is less food waste, and food waste is a, a big carbon emitter globally. So there's sort of three main areas that are the main carbon emitters, that being textiles, food, and indus- industry. And so it's working around those of, of of how we can live more sustainably as people, you know, on the world as a whole, and obviously for ourselves in the island. And is it about recycling more? Is it about using less food, chucking away fewer things? Yeah, I think it, there's sort of twofold. We're, we're currently uh, certainly as government running a, 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 a reduce campaign, so it fits within the waste hierarchy where we sh- we should try and reduce what we use and waste and and recycling comes below that and, and it's always we can't and the, we can't recycle our way out of this this problem it's more about reducing our impact uh, what recycling does is it helps people to understand what they use and that's certainly something we, we see but borne out certainly in our, our local curbside collections indicates that people change their behavior when they actually look at what they're tr- throwing away um, and people are very well intentioned a lot of the time and it's just the fact that there isn't the market of, for everything that everybody wants to throw away so you, you you end up in this problem where you still have waste to manage at the end and this isn't just obviously it's been led by the government a, a, a drive to reduce waves to recycle more is this government just, dare I say, pandering to a green agenda or is there real benefits both for society, for our perhaps our carbon emissions? This is a real thing, isn't it? Yeah, and I think in, in general, the feedback we get is, is people want to do the right thing uh, and certainly uh, something we find with someone like 
Champ Jersey as a, an island community, there is that far more of a community feel about in a, pretty much everything we do. Uh, and you see that w when you go away, um, that there's more rubbish on the streets. People, you know, you know, they move from area to area and it, it, because it's not theirs, there's not necessarily that investment in it as, a, as an environment. So certainly that is on the, the longer strategic aims and the policy um, direction is that it, it's part of that. Um, obviously, we, we have a carbon neutral roadmap that we're moving down and, and the net, net zero targets. And sometimes they, some of those bigger things are difficult for people to understand, well, well how can I make a, an impact and be part of that? And some of that is informing people about the right behaviours and, that, and that's actually changing behaviour in general. My understanding is that of the stuff we throw away, around 30% is recycled, which is a figure which has stayed pretty stagnant for mm. the last few years. Is that good? How do we compare? So, yeah, with ours at the moment, it is a, a rate that... Uh, people don't have any necessary incentive so it's people that want to do it so that that's one of the things when we do compare ourselves to to elsewhere they may well have a target driven on whether that's financial or you know or there's some legislative target in there to encourage that behavior change uh, we would like to see more uh, and the it, it's sometimes difficult to compare us directly to other people uh, but we do look at um, particularly the other islands Guernsey Isle of Man to look at how they structured set up and we we have regular dialogue with our counterparts in the islands just to understand w what their roots are how, you know what what what's good to move who might maybe is a good partner to work with to take that material um, because the reality being, a, again, a small island is we actually don't produce a huge amount. So to, to have certainly processing on the island is quite difficult. Uh, the main ones we do have are things like uh, uh, the wood shack up at Acorn where waste wood goes and they reuse, recycle that in the local market. Now that, that can be achieved and there are some other examples on the island. Um, but when we start looking at things like cardboard, there just isn't. We don't produce the volume of material to make it economic to use those, um, the water and the power necessary to make new cardboard boxes that we then probably have to ship to a supplier in the UK for them to package items. So we're feeding the the larger processing facilities. Um, and for instance, our our cardboard goes to uh, processing mills either in East, East Anglia or southwest of the UK. Um, the paper goes to the, the similar routes, but not always the same producer. It just uh, depends on the market uh, from a sort of week-to-week -week basis. Uh, plastics that are recycled at curbside and through our bring facilities, uh, they go to one of two processors, again, one in uh, East Anglia and then one further up uh, in, in close to Manchester. Uh, and again, that's sometimes the market forces depending on, you know, who's buying uh, material. So perhaps just to dispel a myth, which, you know, I have heard on occasion, mm. all our recycled products are recycled. They're not thrown into the incinerator when the price is low, for instance. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, certainly the contracts that we run uh, with with partners both on island and off island is for anything that is presented for recycling, we send away for recycling. Uh, the, on the only thing occasionally we get contamination at that deposit level. So if it's curbside from household, generally the contractor, you know, whoever's doing your local parish collection won't pick it up. They'll leave it. Um, they might... Uh, let you know why they've left it uh, sometimes we get it from the bring sites that people might be aware of around you know around the island uh, and if it's heavily contaminated there's nothing we can do with that other than take it down to energy recovery uh, purely on that is even if it's contaminated with lots of other recyclables we'll pick the cost up once we've shipped it to the uk and that cost just goes up exponentially when they then have to get rid of it at their end so we're better to, to you know, process it ourselves. And, and how, going back to the other islands, the Isle of Man and Guernsey you've mentioned, how, how do we compare? Are we better recyclers than the other Crown dependencies? Uh, certainly, um, Guernsey have uh, gone a, a slightly different way. Um, they don't have an energy recovery facility uh, and they brought in some quite sweeping changes uh, where they pay per bag. Uh, they also pay a standing charge as well over and above with their standard rates. So there's quite a lot of into it to pay for the service that they have. And hence that has driven or, or, or made a lot of people actively recycle. So the recycling is free uh, and they've seen their, certainly their household rate go up significantly because of that. Um, a bit difficult to compare us figures directly because when we look at our rate, our rate, is also includes commercial material that's brought to us so they segregate theirs out separately when they're reporting their figures so it's, it's a little bit difficult to say our 30 percent and their 75 percent um i think it might have been 72 last year um and and we just don't record at that granular level at the moment uh so my isle of man is uh quite complex and uh so we, we visited them last week uh, to have a look at a number of things um they do have energy recovery, uh, obviously a bigger island, but surprisingly they have land pressures as well um, in terms of there's lots of areas they're not allowed to develop. So even having sorting sites is dif difficult, but also uh, with the number of parishes, they've got 26 parishes, I believe it is, and the, some of them have extremely low populations for the size of the parish. Uh, but then because of how they're set up, they work independently but then also they group together and it's quite confusing uh, but really interesting to see and so what you get then is we we uh, actually spoke to douglas the, the borough council in douglas and they actively recycle and they've got quite a big operation but they've got no target to reach so they're they're lobbying their government to make some changes to hopefully uh, mirror what they do because they see it as best practice do you think that jersey would benefit from a bit more stick as well as carrot it it is sometimes the the only way of doing it is uh, to to make people think about what they're doing um, we do have the issue at the minute obviously with with the financial pressures across it for everybody everywhere uh, and it's it's something that um we certainly been discussing with the minister about you know how do we move things forward uh, and there is a um, 
certainly not an intention to overburden the household with additional costs now but it is how do we how do you move things forward so not to say that we have to charge because necessarily our our, our budgeting mechanism behind it is is again slightly different from the other places but to actually get people to segregate their waste more yeah how how do you achieve it so it's it, yeah it's, it's a fine balance we've heard recently about the uh the, the strain of capacity at the mm. local waste management site both for inert and also for toxic material is recycling an important tool for jersey to reduce the amount of waste that could potentially go either into the incinerator or indeed into landfill it is in in those terms of understanding what we produce so and and it's a thing sometimes as a you know as a person you're you want to do something you're not intentionally adding to that inert material that's coming down but if you contracted somebody to build you know build an extension for you on your house say and they just say oh we're just going to knock it down and do do this and we're going to put um dig out an area for you to have some additional parking and it's like and it's that thought okay great i'm paying for that but where's it going so it's still actually waste whereas when we're filling a bin you sort of see the waste uh, so, so that's that overall picture that um it, that pressure on us as an island of having space to put things is always always the struggle we've mentioned a couple of times about the energy recovery facility mm. that the the incinerator that we have which guernsey mm. doesn't have and that's one reason i imagine why guernsey are far higher uh, recycling rates because they don't have anywhere to burn it we do how important is that to our recycling picture do we could we could we for instance get to a point where we're recycling such a high level that we don't actually need it the, the, there is always the potential we could reach that um it, it's again when we look at what guernsey has managed to do they've diverted a lot of their material elsewhere uh, what have to consider there though is there's always that cost and also you're reliant on somebody else accepting your waste so the the thing a lot of people don't realize is is there's certain certain types of waste we have to get clearance from the country we're taking it to because we're treated as a different country and sometimes they might say well no you deal with it yourself so we we've got that potential so even going to the uk we have to get clearance for certain wastes to go there and there there was a time not long ago when the residual waste was not allowed to be moved internationally and that would have been so that's changed and allowed guernsey to move in the direction they have for us obviously we've um, from the times of having the bellazan incinerator we've been managing our waste in that way for a long time and when there was a replacement of it obviously it's a major piece of infrastructure it needs to be done on a, a certainly a reasonable term to get best value uh, so it is something that we will be looking at and if we need to replace what does that look like you know how big how big is the population going to be what waste are we going to produce and if we don't have an incinerator where do where do we take it who's willing to take it so those are all considerations um potentially you could go for a far smaller facility um and still have that ability to deal with some of it um, and for instance we have 
we have the clinical waste incinerator which is a separate building so all of that waste that we produce through the hospital and the number of nursing homes etc and doctor surgeries we have to deal with it somehow and, and uh, so when, when it obviously generates electricity for us uh, my understanding around 10 percent of the of the island's need so when i'm when i'm in my kitchen and i have a mm. cardboard box and i've got it could go in the cardboard box recycling or it could go in the general refuse and could potentially help generate electricity is there a right or wrong answer there in terms of where i put it uh, i'd say for overall that the we should try and keep the materials that we're using back in the system as much as possible so that cardboard box for instance is wood at the end of the day if we can put it economically back into the process and not take trees down then that's the better option uh, yeah there is the time that that may have been a pizza box for instance and it's got loads of oil in it that can't go through that recycling process so at least somebody's provided us off takeaway food in a you know something that's less impacted than say a plastic container but then for it to go through energy recovery yes we, we are going to get some energy back for it um our plant was designed with the intention of managing our waste not as an energy production facility and actually there are there are a number of uh, in different countries that are there to produce energy and there's a subtle difference so that would be something that certainly will go into the consideration for you know the next plant is that something we want to give ourselves that um again with the current uh, situation in the world you know energy security is a big thing so if you are able to produce some of your energy then why not and have a diverse number of ways of doing that and am i right in thinking about the circular economy which is something we've heard about and i know the infrastructure minister is developing a strategy the idea is that you try and keep things in their current form. So cardboard to cardboard is better than cardboard to energy. Yeah, and I uh, mentioned earlier about the hierarchy. Again, it, it is that trying to... It, it, the, the reuse and recycling element are that keeping it in that circularity. It is sometimes a tricky concept to understand. Um, and that circularity can... You know, we have the example uh, at La Collette where we except green waste through the household or through the commercial facility. We then put it through a composting process and it goes back out as a soil improver compost. It goes out onto people's gardens or into, the, into agriculture, grows more plants and we get them back as green waste. So that, that is a lovely example of circularity and we're able to keep that on island. Obviously, we require space, a facility, staffing and the, and the costs associated with that. Um, but to send that away would be difficult. On the other extreme, um, people will be used to scrapping their car, uh, putting their tins and cans in a uh, in, in the recycling boxes. Um, and metal is great in that it is infinitely recyclable. So if it's put back into the marketplace, it will go round and round and round, and it will come back as another can, as an aeroplane part, as another car. Uh, and in fact one of the um, facilities we visited last week as part of our, our, our trip to the UK they the aluminium that they produce from waste electrical recycling goes to Jaguar Land Rover for vehicle parts so they've, they've included that so everything that we send them 
we know all that aluminium goes there. So if I, I throw out a can of tuna, it could become a part of an F-type? Uh, potentially, yeah. Uh, and, but that's that, that's that beauty with, with it as a material. And at the end of the day, that's saving it being mined out of the ground and all of the energy and the resource required for that. What we don't necessarily or aren't able to control is how far that might go. So that circularity, that's where the, the, the rings, as it were, go out a bit further. And if there's huge demand in, say, North America, elsewhere in Europe, India, China for building, then that might well go out there because they require that resource. When it comes to recycling in Jersey, what are the most common mistakes that people make? Presumably, I know because I've been guilty of this. Plastic is is quite restricted in what we recycle. It's plastic bottles. It's not it's not trays the the, the plastic trays of a sandwich container or anything like that. Can you just explain where, where do we get it right? Where do we get it wrong? Yeah, I think uh, it, and that's quite a common one, and, and we see that across uh, certainly uh, when we look a lot on in the industry information, certainly coming from Europe and the UK, that people find that very confusing. And rightly so, because th there are a, a number of different packaging plastics, uh, as they're generally referred to, and they can be made from one of seven different types. We keep it to bottles because they're made of type one and type two, which are the most recyclable and easily recyclable. And also they're, they're able to be sorted very easily back into those, those types. So that's why we can take them together. Uh, and what you find with the others, historically, a lot of the other types of material and packaging that you'll find having done your shop at the supermarket was made from lower grey plastics and they, they can't be easily recycled back into a usable product. Uh, that market is changing and we, we do monitor that and we discuss that with our, our partners and the processes where it goes to. And hopefully as that starts to change and we get more of the the same type of plastic in the marketplace then it's easier for us to find somewhere and it is it is the difficulty always people say well we should recycle more well if there's no market to take the material to then it's ju you're just adding cost um, but as consumers that's where we've got a massive part to play in understanding where our things come from and but people are probably quite used to it you know you, you uh if you're using paper in the office it's, it's probably says re recycled paper you know made from recycled product you'll see on the boxes that you receive stuff through the post quite often it will say on there i'm 100 percent recycled so it is that that's us consuming in a better way and back to that original point of um by us demanding that then the producers will give it to us in the way that we've asked for it and so those those unrecyclable or un, unreusable items will steadily disappear. What, a good question to follow on from that is is where you see the future. What would we be recycling next? Do you see, if we make the right consumer changes and technology advances, we might be able to recycle all plastics and not just plastic bottles and also i was going to ask about food waste as well which is i think around 35 to 40 percent of what we throw out is food waste would there ever be a market for recycled food waste uh, yeah it so on the plastics uh, again an interesting thing we saw uh, in in the isle of man they some of the what they class as the rigid plastics so some of those things where 
that's a really hard and brittle type um that they are collecting those as well because if somebody actually set up a business on the island to make a product out of it, it is quite a low grade product but it, they're able to make things from it but again you need that amount of material to to make it viable as a business um, what you do find again is that producers as well will make it out of uh, things out of a recyclable material and for instance those people who use the curbside box scheme that we we operate uh, in conjunction with the parishes those boxes are recyclable they're not always made from recycled material that again just depends on price point and when we're when we're purchasing uh, and in fact today I've, I've received an email from the company to say that they, they are really investing heavily in a buyback scheme the issue for us is getting it back off the island and the cost involved with that but that was something we were very conscious of when we signed the contract with them that they did they did have a facility to accept the material back and it's all made from one grade of plastic and what happens with those boxes and they're made from the same material as your wheelie bin they can grind that down and make new ones so that then keeps that bit of circularity yes you get a bit a little bit loss in the process but it means plastic is likely to be with us for a long time yet but how do we use it in a more sustainable way going forward you mentioned the parishes there and uh, we do have a well you could argue would have a hyper local mm. collection system mm. um, with indeed some parishes not even using the government recycling service others might say that it's quite fragmented do you think that the system is running efficiently and could there be any changes to make it better it's tricky uh, because again it, it the parish system has been there for a long time and actually it it gives a very localized service uh, anybody who's lived say in the uk etc you're sometimes your local authority can seem very distant whereas the beauty of someone like the islands is is you get that very localized service yes there can be then that that slight inefficiency sometimes and um, but certainly we as a department we work we, we work as closely as possible and if the parishes ask for our help we'll try and help them as best we can obviously if we where we don't have any sort of set standards or legislation as it were in place then it, it, it is very much down to them how they want to run their service i mean we're, we're just launching a curbside scheme in some ones um and it's going to be great because they're running that themselves and they're actually quite efficient with their staff it it might seem that because they've got a parish next door that's doing it why don't they just use them but then when their staff are doing various other things during the day they've, they've got that real efficiency within the actual community so uh, yeah the, there is that sharing of vehicles etc and reducing that carbon but they the, when you when you grow to break it down a little bit they are being uh, certainly what i see across a number of the parishes they are being very efficient in how they do it um it comes to the question of should government be doing it should the parishes well that's that's a difficult decision um and it yeah something it would be down un, under the current arrangements it would be really very much for the parish to say well we'd like government to do it well is that worthwhile just for one parish say 
part of your role is is education i know you work mm. closely with ecoactive and you speak to people you go to mm. schools do you think that overall the island is hungry to to recycle there is a an appetite to do the right thing yes definitely um you do you see it uh certainly we get a lot of school visits down to the site of the collet and it's great for them to actually be to you know get out and do the physical side of the putting things in the right place and that helps with that understanding and i think that's the thing sometimes um when we when we run that with adults whether that be businesses as part of the coactive um, network uh, or even with staff we certainly do quite a bit in, internally within government and we get groups of staff down to, to have a look and understand how that process can look because at the end of the day businesses are, are subtly different uh, and certainly my push uh, is that people quite often they want to do the right thing at home and then they go to workplace and they do something completely different where well, we should live the same way wherever we are and sometimes that's that that if you can take those behaviors around everywhere with you then that that really sort of links up and and you know makes our, our impact less lastly Piers, um my understanding is that the, the recycling at the moment it, mm. it, it costs more to recycle than revenue that it generates uh, albeit against a backdrop of it's an important part of our waste management uh, tools do you see do you foresee that one day perhaps the recycling industry will be an ability to for the island to make money or we just don't have the volumes certainly on some of the main markets uh, so cardboard, plastic, etc. Yes, the, we, we just don't produce the volumes. Um, some areas, um, it pro pretty much cost neutral. Obviously, for us, shipping is a big cost and always will be. Um, so it, it's trying to minimise that that distance, but also make sure it's done. The recycling is done in a compliant, or you know, the processing is done in a compliant way. And that I think that's that's something that's close to everybody's heart. That yes it's easy maybe to push up or waste to somebody else and then you inadvertently find it the other side of the world uh, and, and not being dealt with in a very compliant way um, and that's that's sort of the, you know one of our our main jobs uh, in, in terms of that cost it, i think it will as we value the resource more potentially that that helps with those balancing those costs and one of the other big pushes as well within the industry as a whole is people saying well you realize there's value in these what they class as green jobs so we still need people to carry out a lot of the functions and some quite a few of those costs are for people to receive go out collect receive and prepare things for shipping and that and and sometimes that's the only cost actually what you get back in the material and if that person's employed locally you know providing income paying taxes etc they're being active in that job market and keeping us buoyant as a, an economy so it's sort of that, that whole circle and, and understanding Thanks to Pierce Tharm for talking with me today. And thank you for listening to the Bailiwick podcast. You can find the podcast on all the usual pod places. And don't forget to like and share.